You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Hey, Michael. Andre, welcome to the award-winning Two Guys Talking Wine podcast. And we're not going to let it go to our heads. No, I'm just no. kidding. It's already there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so. back from my trip to California, but... Uh, I'm not really sure I have anything to say about it yet, but that's partly because we're still recording this on May first. <laughs> yeah, we're still we're still uh, doing a a, a a double dose uh, in early May. Andre's on his way on what is it, the eighth or yep. something like that. Yep. So, um, but I mean, it was a nice thing about this. You're gonna you're gonna have plenty of stories. I, uh, I know, I'm... but I mean, we're gonna get we're gonna get to the interview because one of my favorite wineries in in California, sort of the full package. And I know I've talked about the full package for wines. It's when I can get a wine that offers great value, um, you know, oh, uh, just tastes great and has a great package and uh, less filling. Yeah, um, there's one of the wineries in California that we're gonna be getting to that to me is the whole package because. Uh, the way they treat consumers, the way they've treated me in the past as as media, and um, frankly, the way they deal with their wines. But um, I, no spoilers. Stick around. It's the last interview on this podcast. It's I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you guys. If people haven't figured out, we are uh, on part two of our California Wine Fair interviews. It's the uh, sequel. We got, another, we got another three coming up. Yep. Uh, anything you want to plug right at this moment before we move on to California? No, let's get to it. All right. Uh, we, the first guy we spoke to, Cameron Matches from uh, Hope. And uh, if, if you've never heard of Hope, uh, I'm sorry, but you really have. You really have heard of Hope. They just go under a different name. So we're here with, uh, with Cameron Matches of uh, Hope Family Wines. And I just have the weirdest first question for you. Shoot. Okay, here we go. So a lot of people end up with last names mm-hmm. that, you know, Go back to what they used to, you know, shoemaker, obviously used to be yeah. a shoemaker, <laughs> you know, things like that. Matches. What kind of last name is Matches? Did somebody make Matches <laughs> at some point in your... Uh, you know, it, uh, it's of Scottish Orkney descent. Uh, my knowledge prior to that, my uh, family historian uncle Alec traced back to uh, likely Norway in the Matsis form. But yeah, definitely growing up with a name like that, I heard all the jokes. But I wasn't she, making a joke. I just she, thought it was very interesting. Yeah. Matches. I'd never heard that I, last I name. I don't believe anywhere in my lineage was a matchmaker. Oh, okay. So, all right. So there you go. All right. Yeah. What a weird way to start this off. But match I think maker, matchmaker, hey, make me just, a match, find me a find, just, catch me a catch. You're just nope. putting off what's in your glass. I don't want to talk about this. I was hoping we would go through an entire <laughs> California without talking about this crappy grape. Dulce de leche. Smells like Dulce de Leche, like <laughs> full-on caramel, but we're like getting... orange, like Valencia orange, like full-on ripe, like just juicy, like. Correct. So, so we're jumping right into this, and maybe let me. I don't, why, don't, why, don't, why, don't you, why don't you say the grape? Because I can't bring myself. Don't to beat say around it. the bush when it comes to this. This is called Chardonnay. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to go all Zen, all Cab. Let me, let, yeah, let me tell you, it's a little different though. And by the way, most people might know us for our uh, our Liberty School brand at Hope mm-hmm. Family Wines, but. Yep. We do have several other brands. Uh, Troublemaker, which is a really fun, fun irreverent off-the-wall uh, brand. Actually, Actually last, yeah. last year, yeah. I don't know if you ever saw it, but... Um, Michael and I ended up with, with Troublemaker stickers on our forehead. Oh, okay, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that made the podcast. That made the podcast. But you, didn't, you, didn't, you weren't wearing a Stetson, though. No, no Stetson, because it would have covered up the Troublemaker. Right. So uh, Troublemaker, one of our brands, the Austin Hope Collection, and it's, this is our Triana brand. And the brand name really comes from the, you know, the, the trinity of the three things that makes Paso Robles uh, unique. And one, that's the sun. 
Mm -hmm. We get very warm growing days. Mm -hmm. uh, the soil, we get very different soil types around the 11 sub-AVAs in Paso. And also the sea, we, we're 18 miles inland from the Pacific Ocean. Uh, so we get this, you know, the, the marine layer, we get these, uh, these winds that really help to keep the vines cool, uh, let them ripen to maturity, and you keep that fruitiness, keep that acidity. So we can have some pretty strong uh, nighttime to daytime temperature swings. But our Chardonnay, getting back to this uh, grape, is different. This is a blend of 89 Chardonnay, some Marsana, as well as a little bit of Vigna in that as well. That may explain a little bit. It's, it's not my kind of Chardonnay. I am not a Chardonnay mm -hmm. fan. I should have told you that. I should have told you not to bring Chardonnay, but obviously uh, Andre must have stepped you in. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. This is like, this is pushing right up on the line of balance falling off, but it's still got some nice acid on the finish. It does have a lot of oak. It does have a lot of like really ripe tropical fruit. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of us, especially you and I, who drink a lot of cool climate yep. Chardonnay, this is the polar opposite Correct. of cool climate right. Chardonnay. But you still like this stuff because you're a Chard you're a California you know, Chardonnay is, person. This is the sort of thing too where even in my glass at this temperature, and it's not too cold. Like this is probably like 10, 11 Celsius. I almost like this a little bit warmer just to take those wood notes back and bring some more fruit out. Um, how much is this? So this will uh, uh, hopefully hit the LCBO July August-ish. This mm -hmm. is a retail for $24.95. That's, that's all right. It's a perfect price for something yeah. like this. And, and like I said, if you're, California if, you're, Shard, yeah. if, you're, if, you're looking for, if you're looking for something like balanced and restrained and elegant, don't buy this. But if you're looking for something like me, something that's going to knock you on your ass, like bold California Big Chardonnay, which I love, this is what you want. Well, it's going to be barbecue season at that point, And I think that's what people are looking for. They're mm -hmm. looking for that more robust oaky well you know what i do with yeah, even with some like tropical this? fruit in here that that kind of and some mandarin orange that kind of grabs me yeah uh but again as you mentioned there's a lot of oak in there yeah and that's i do fried chicken with wines like this fried yeah, chicken with something like yeah, this because you, you get that that mix of texture because it does have that big mouth feel to it yeah i could see that this is, i mean it all relates back to uh you know our winemaking philosophy and our, our winemaking team of austin hope uh jc diefendorfer and samantha taylor it's all about that balance and in this, we, we employ a lot of uh, neutral oak, only a portion oak, because we want that balance. We don't want the, you know, the wood treatment to overcome that, uh, that fruitiness. So, so is it American, French? What, uh... Is it primarily uh, French oak yep. uh, with American mixed in as well? Got it. Yeah. Good. All right, so now we get into the reds, which is you know, a little more my Ballywick. So uh, now Liberty School has been around forever, as far as I can tell. And, yeah. And it wasn't, was it always Part of the Hope family, or um, did you guys buy the Liberty School brand? Yeah, way, way back in, uh, we, we have a long-standing history in, in Paso. The, the Hope family set on Paso Robles in 1978. Got into the grape growing business, and we were, uh, we grew grapes for a long time for, for Camus, and this was their brand at one time. And through a relationship, we acquired it from them in, uh, I want to say, the mid-80s. So. This has been our brand since that time, and you mentioned it. This this has been around. People know this brand, but I wanted to to revisit it because I've done this tour across the country here, and I've I've come across so many people who are fans of this brand, or they've said, you know what, uh, I I know your brand, I love it, I haven't drank it in a long time, so I just wanted to throw out a little reminder of what a testament to you know consistency and quality and value this brand is. Oh, alcohol's thirteen and a half on this. Yeah, so, so it's it's a it's it's got. Like I can, I can just smell this right now. I have some Liberty School in my cellar. I know I say that occasionally during some of these podcasts. I'll say, "Oh, I've got some of this," and I do. I have some mm. old Liberty School, and it seems to age fairly well, uh, surprisingly yep. for a, for a what is a value 
priced and entry level? Would, 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 am I, I'm not insulting anybody. No, 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 no. And, and we're, we're probably a little more than that. You know, we're, we're at twenty two ninety five here in Ontario. Look, for a, for a California cab, that's that's pretty much entry level. For a good yeah. California cab, yeah. that's entry level. Would you not agree with this that? This is great acidity. I mean, this this is um, it's it's just got a lot of that really like lush fruit, mm -hmm. like raspberry, strawberry, black currant, blackberry, approachable. Like this is. I think the uh, the fancy word the beer people are using is this is sessionable. <laughs> was that what it's called? Yeah, when you can crush a bottle like in a sitting, this is uh, this okay. is what this is. Well, Paso Robles, it's hot hot climate, obviously, so we're we're dealing with very ripe fruit. Yeah, yeah. Very, very warm days and balanced by that uh, that cool marine air that really allows us that, that you know that fruit to mature on the vine. And is it uh, is it all 100% cab or are we looking at some other stuff in this there? This one here, 100% cabernet. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, Pat, Pat. And like an, it's 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 understated, but like a little bit of a cocoa note on the finish. The tannin is so soft and integrated; it's like it feels non-existent. Like, I would I would drink this with a straw if it was socially acceptable. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's that's a, that's oh, wait, a really straws, good. Straws straws are going by the wayside. Yes, I heard that. that. I yeah. was watching that on CBC. I know yeah. I'm not allowed to see a CBC with you because of your affiliation with uh, Bell Media. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> Jeez, way to give a shout out to the other guys, Michael. Thanks, buddy. That's what I'm here for. No, I, I really like that. That's that's really delicious. Yeah, this yeah, it's a classic go-to, and that's testament to you know really the you know the the year after year, uh, day and day after day, attention given to this brand and, and uh, a classic. And just want to well, twenty-two ninety-five is really reasonable, especially coming into barbecue yes. season. I mean, this is this is sort of I would have no qualms against serving next to a burger, like like I said, because it's, no. it's a crushable bottle. But if I bought a really nice steak, it would be just as nice next to it. I think my brother, when he comes over every so often, he'll he'll bring me a Liberty School, and I, and I'm always like, do I open it? No, I'm going to save that for a couple of years because, as I said, they do age quite nicely for a 22.95 wine. And and back when I bought it, it was under 20. Yep. And you know when you, I really love when you can open one of those bottles that was under 20. It's 10 years old, and you go, wow, man, I should have either bought more of this or damn, I only paid, you know, 18.95 for it. And that's a good bottle of wine to, for, for ageability. All right, what's next on the line? Oh, you're already jumping. Hey, just trying to keep this moving. we got a busy night. <laughs> we do have a busy night. All right, so, uh, so, so Cameron, what is this? I've so this, never seen this before in, in my entire life. Yeah, so this here, this is our 2015 um, Austin Hope Cabernet Sauvignon. We've uh, we've had an Austin Hope collection of uh, some Rhone varietals. This is our first uh Entry well of, of this level of Cabernet and this you know as we kind of look at our tiers, Liberty School to Triana, and above this is our top tier brand and this is really a, a big quintessential Paso Robles Cabernet very robust lots going in the bottle this is you know of the eleven sub AVAs in Paso we've taken some of the best fruit from five of those areas and 2015 in particular was a it was a pretty dry year so uh, you know we dropped fruit very small berries which lend itself to very concentrated fruit and so we've taken some of that fruit from five areas comprised this wine here um, 18 months in 18 months and 75 percent new French oak so you know to me you know, a lot of you know big black fruit blackberry black oh, currant cassis but uh, you know the, the spice the vanilla the, the oaky yes. tones I get like a really strong like clove and nutmeg spice on that well I think I saw you smell it and then taste it and I think your eyes bugged out of your head you must have really liked this one um I do like this 
it's it's got a lot of, of depth on the mid palate, but it's just it's so rich and fruity. Like this is another one of those wines where like it really tastes it tastes sweet on the mid palate, but the finish is actually really nice and clean. The tannin is so <coughs> pardon me, the tannin is so soft and, and, and integrated. Like this is drinking really great right now. I'm sure you could age this. This one for sure. But I don't know if it's necessary. Like this is approachable right from the onset. But you know, there's that spiced finish in here yes. that I think you give it another one or two years and it'll just kind of smooth right out and those 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 really silky tannins just kind of interplay with that spice. But again, two to three years, I think you're looking at a wine you could just, as you called it, what is it, sessionable? sessionable. Oh my goodness. You never heard that, Michael? I don't know why I have not, but I'm... you got to look that up. It's what the beer snobs are, are, are using to try to dress up the term that and they're getting, some... getting hammered off of their beers. And there's a, there's a <laughs> little bit of a coffee finish, too, which yep. is really, really nice. Uh, I'm, I'm really digging on that cab. Well, how much does this one cost? So this is nowhere in candy yet. It is it, <laughs> at the winery. As always, uh, it, it's, the way. it's on its way. Um, uh, the LCBO has placed an order for this. This will be on shelves in about three months' time at a retail of fifty nine ninety five. Yeah, I see that. Which we think is still excellent value. Uh, you look at you know, the um, the caliber of this wine. You look at some other regions in California that have might might have a more well known name than Paso Robles. We think this is pretty darn good value. That's pretty good. Fifty nine ninety five. Like you could probably pry that money out of my hands. I mean, it was a problem. Cal- but it's a problem. Yeah. It's a problem with California. I mean, if we're talking about prices in general, is that to get into some of the more well known brands, it can get a little expensive. And if you're new to Californian wines, it can be intimidating to know where to start. If you're looking for somewhere to start to get something where maybe you don't have the patience to start a cellar, if you're just getting into wine, this seems like a very good place to start. So if you want to take this home and crack it open to see what a $60 bottle of wine tastes like, by all means, this is a great place to start. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I would agree. I think we have consensus <laughs> here. Yeah, I could drink that. Uh, what's the alcohol on that, though, Andre? 15. 15. So, yeah, so we've got the big alcohol in it. But I think it's I expect balanced. that. It's completely yeah. balanced. Paso Robles, I, ex- I expect it. But I would have, I would have given it 13.5. There's no way I would have I've gone 15 on that. So... It's well, well hidden. It, it doesn't have heat like you might expect if you just saw those two digits, one five. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Cameron, thank you so much for sharing these wines with us and uh, looking forward to seeing this uh, Austin Hope Cab Sauv at the LCBO in a few months. Very good. Thanks, gents. Appreciate Thanks. having me. Thanks, Cameron. Cheers. I need more. I finished mine. more. <laughs> you know, I find the, um, the Paso Robles wine really interesting, and, and Paso Robles isn't really on my list of places to go in California yet, but it's definitely working its way up there because I mean, one of the big problems with Napa and Sonoma wines is they can get really pricey, and there are some really, really good deals down in Paso Robles. I love Paso Robles. I'd go to Paso Robles uh, in, uh, in a heartbeat. So, uh, hello, California. I'd go to Paso Robles or Robles. So our next interview, I finally managed to get that kind of textbook, buttery, big California Chardonnay into my mouth, and I was so happy about it. Like, I think you you can even hear the interview. You're, you're kind of busting my balls about it a little bit. But uh, we sat down with you... Carrie and Peter from Wagner, who uh, they own Marisolet, and they also own uh, Camus. Yeah, and you were just busting a nut on this one. The moment you saw that Marisolet hit the table... You were like, hey, is that Chardonnay? And they went, yes. 
and it's from California. I thought you yeah. were going to tell me that I was starting it, but obviously you're <laughs> jumping right in. You know because what? why? Because there's a Chardonnay on the table, and suddenly and my glass. you're going to orgasm all over a Chardonnay. So is this right microphone ahead. on? Yes, this it is. is now on. He loves Chardonnay, I mean, and he can't get enough of Chardonnay. About, what, 30 bucks? It's around 30 bucks right now. 34.95. Right? 34.95. And I mean, like that's vintage essential. It's a little bit expensive. But if you're looking for California Chardonnay that has some really nice balance to it, this is uh, a great starting point. Well, you, you kind of raised something important to know about all of our brands across. This is Peter speaking, by the way. Well, hold on a second. Before, yes. Uh, that's, yeah, okay. that's the whole, that's the table, whole point sorry. of the whole thing. We've introduced <laughs> yeah. them. That's why I wasn't so, sure it was on. So I'm looking at Peter. Uh, Linden Lob. It's uh, a Call long... it what you will. You can be whoever you want tonight. Mine, mine is much simpler. Carrie May, not from the movie, by the way. So both from the Wagner family of wines. You may know them better for Canis, but Thank they you. do have other stuff in front of us. That's right. So Peter's about to answer the Chardonnay question. Yeah, that's going we, to make Andre very excited. Well, one of the interesting things to know from a commercial point of view for Canadians buying our wines here is that they're similarly priced in the United States when you add exchange. So, yeah. for example, you just said that the Marisolet is thirty-four ninety-five. Well, in the United States it sells for about twenty-eight bucks USD. So you add on the exchange, and you're pretty well apples to apples, Actually, or grapes to grapes. I think we're, I guess we're would getting be more a better appropriate. deal now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah, it is. And you know, you had mentioned a little bit about the Marisolet. One thing we're really proud about is, you know, this is family-owned vineyards, uh, 600 acres we own down in Monterey in the Santa Lucia Highlands. We've owned since the mid '80s, early '90s. And the key thing about this wine is it's not going to whack you over the head with a two by four of oak. Nope. Uh, it's not a ton of malolactic, and for people that don't know what that term means, it's the wine geek the term for the butterscotch, the butteriness. And, and that's really amplified, when you're talking about California and mallow, that butterscotch is really amplified with, with what goes on down there. Exactly. Well, when I was in Monterey, uh, they were yep. talking about the Santa Lucia Highlands and, and the Chardonnays. They were right. pretty, pretty interesting stuff. So this is, uh, you know, it's not, it's not Shadow 2 by 4 It's not my Chardonnay again. Right, but I mean, it's I'm I'm the anti Chardonnay guy. See, for me, wow. for me, when when you talk to me about the reasons why you don't like Chardonnay, when we've done our podcast in the past, I do think a lot about what people think about California Chardonnay, and you can find that like, uh, shoot, what's the one with the bear screaming fire on it? That oh, toasted yeah, head, toasted head. I mean, that's still really big, bold, kind of over the top Chardonnay. When you when you taste something like this, the Marseille, it has a lot of restraint. It has the acidity, so if you're dealing with someone who is really turned off a of Chardonnay, especially Californian Chardonnay, this is a gateway back into it. Would you like a straw with that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, the, should the, I take that picture? I think I should take that picture. Do that again. Andre's <laughs> holding the bottle up to his face like it's a baby, and uh, I think uh, oh, that should oh, scare. Oh, don't cover the label there. Yeah. There we go. He's killing everybody. Oh, that's gonna make something. I'm not sure what. But, and and uh, the key thing for me for this wine is like it, for me, wine's about food, wine, relaxing. Yes. And so, the perfect spot for this is when you do that roasted chicken, crab chicken. cakes, chicken. lobster, <laughs> hollandaise defibrillator. One, you know, <laughs> defibrillator. <laughs> well, one of these days you're gonna do your famous fried chicken and a chardonnay. Oh, I've never I've cooked that for you, have I? Never that, done the famous. That would be so killer to have with that wine. I know it's just that that texture and acid. And so we're gonna have to one, invite Peter and Carrie over, and yeah. that's what they're gonna have to do. We should move on to some reds now. So one last thing about the Marseille is you can age it. Yes. Up to five to seven years. Well, why would you? Well, because, <laughs> because you can. I was looking at my wine collection the oh, other day, and I drink. Oh, dump. Dump it. I drink so much chardonnay. 
and I think I have maybe five bottles in a cellar of 300 bottles right now. Wow, God bless really? you. It just doesn't stay in my cellar. <laughs> well, I have Chardonnay. I found a, I found some 2011s that were they were kicking around. Good. I found a Batch Elder 2011, which actually nice. supposedly somebody said tasted really good. So pouring the MLO. I did a uh, video Merlot. on this one. Not not this vintage, but uh, I really loved this Merlot. I haven't tried yeah, this 14. vintage. This is the 14. Here, you, no, you did a video of the 2014, I believe. Okay. This is the 2015. Okay. That's releasing May 26th. Okay. Uh, the LCBO. 69 69.95. The, the reason I, I remember liking it because it was just quintessentially Merlot to me from is California. This all Merlot? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's single vineyard, oak knoll, fruit. The Emelot was immigrated from Sicily in the 1920s, just to give you a little history. Cheryl Emelot was Chuck, the owner of Camus's first wife. They had three kids together Charlie, who makes Marisolet and Conundrum, Joe, who makes Belle Gloss. Pinot Noirs, mm -hmm. and this is their daughter, Jenny. And so Cheryl Emelot is the last of the Emelots. She's an only daughter, and they wanted the name to live on in the Napa Valley, so Jenny makes the wine on behalf of her mother from the family vineyard. So it's a great story. And the thing I always laugh about with this wine is I honestly say it could beat the you-know-what. It could beat, you know what, like a, like a, out of Cabernet, like Toronto's going to do against the Bruins tonight. Yeah, right? we'll see. He's or just saying <laughs> that because he's here. Like, for God's sake, he's American. Or, he's probably or, going for the Bruins. Or the Raptors will do against Washington. Oh, goodness gracious. And, like, the Blue, Jays, the, the Blue Jays will do all season long. So this is, like, a, a big, big Merlot that really speaks to that Cabernet lover. Yeah. But it still has all the hallmarks that you want out of the big fruit, the tannin, uh, the acidity is great, and oh. it just it over delivers for for what I believe you get in the How bottle. How much is this? Sixty nine ninety five. And you know the the most fun thing about this wine is to get it into people's mouths because again Merlot still gets a bad rap. Yes. Um, but, like Chardonnay. Stupid, but that stupid movie. When you, Fifteen years ago. I know. I think it's even longer than that. Exactly. Yeah. But when you ask people to try it. And at first they give you that, you know, no, I don't drink Merlot face. Mm -mm. And then you you tell them about the wine, you put the juice in the glass, they drink it. The look of astonishment and the like, oh my God, I love this wine, is the most fun thing about well, this Well, it's product. why I asked you if this was pure Merlot, because yeah. um, the amount of, clearly the amount of heat that this fruit has soaked up <laughs> has really got it pushing into like black licorice, yeah. cocoa, yeah. cassis, currant. Yeah. And it's really soft and... Um, like silky tannin on, on the finish. Like this is, I think like exactly like you've said, this is this is really easy to drink. It's definitely got room to age for quite some time. Total, and, total ageability. And it's price is right time. What, so what's the alcohol on that one? I think it's 15. Oh, uh, oh you're just- I was, uh, gonna say, I was gonna say 15 sorry. flat. 15 four. 15 four. Okay. So, but I don't call it alcoholic. But I mean, it doesn't have the alcohol heat from it. I, I <laughs> no. see. I, I think the uh, the 14 was a little bit on the smoother side, mm -hmm. but still had some of that really nice, mm -hmm. uh, some structure. This one is even more elegant, but give it a couple years, and I think this wine's even better. Yeah. Like, I think this is, this is it's got it great It has total tannins. ageability yeah. alongside the Chardonnay. No, you got two things. <laughs> it's just very Camus style winemaking. I'm not going to age either one of those if I yeah, get it's them. not going to matter. That one, that one's great. Like I really love that the really tannin structure. Yeah, uh, it's not it's not your typical sweet juicy Merlot from uh, California, which I think. Uh, but it still has those California characteristics correct. that like blackcurrant jam. But yep. like it's not cloying yep. jammy. It's just like okay, this fruit has soaked up a lot of 
really, really hot sun, and we're going to make sure you taste it. Well. And, I mean, yeah. I always love to talk about food and wine pairings because that's kind of where everybody's head's at. And for me, like this, a, a ribeye, wedge salad, roquefort dressing, baked potato, you know, sour cream, Bruce Springsteen, and just leave me alone. Look Bruce at you, Bruce Springsteen. Leave me alone. Is that and with I the defibrillator and the Bruce Springsteen? Is that <laughs> That's only if we had crab and hollandaise. Like, holy, that's, that was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Somewhere in his description, always something weird comes yeah. up. Defibrillator, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. I can't wait till we try the cab here. Okay. Well, this is our hallmark. Uh, you know, we've been making cabs since 1972 in Napa Valley. Um, you know, an important thing for people to know, again, is it's all family-owned. Uh, so this isn't a conglomerate. This is just us doing our things. And, you know, this is quintessential Napa Valley cab. Big fruit. Um, the couple other things we aim for are uh, we want to have lower acid. We want to have the tannins are integrated. Not that they're not really prevalent, but they have to be integrated. And we want to make it so it's pop the cork and drink it now. Yep. But if you want to age it, you know, for sure, we're really kind of happy with about five to ten years after vintage release is when it comes together. It still has the, it still has acid to, to oh, balance totally. it, but I love the fact that this is sort of unapologetically Californian. Mm -hmm. totally. So you were asking about the, because uh, we tried it over yeah, there, here. There, there, is, there is a little bit of, of, of sweetness to this, and I know that the tech sheet says that there's a little bit more sugar in this. Is there a reason yep. why you leave a little bit more residual sugar in I think it's, what, nine per liter? Yeah, uh, you know, I can't stay off the top of my head, but I would there's say a, There's a nod close. over here from Roughly. Gary, so yeah. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that the Wagners have always done is, one of the big things is we let our fruit hang, and so out of that we're always going to have a little bit higher sugar and a little bit higher alcohol, and that's just a hallmark of the wine that we've been doing since... You know, for really this this style for the last 15 years, I would say. See, I think that little bit of residual sugar in this glass, like I can't tell you what the alcohol is. I would, I would guess probably 13 and a half, 14. 14, 8. Okay, so that's it's yeah. a full percent and a half higher. Yep. So, I mean, it's interesting because those fruit is amplified, this coconut that's amplified, but it does help cut through maybe a little bit of that warm alcohol that some people may not really enjoy when they're drinking some wines that are like that. Right. It's it's good. But it does have a, it does have a sweetness component to it, and I think that is something that that people assume is going to be in California Cabernet, especially from Napa. That little bit of sweet fruit that kind of it kind of sucks you in. It yeah, really does. It does. Not the apothic red kind of sweetness. No, 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 no. Because no, there's no, a little no. more balance to this wine. Yeah. But I mean, that sweet fruit that, that that everybody is expecting from. And from front of palate, you get that fruit. But then across the mid palate, you get the weightiness of the wine. You get the acidity, and you get the tannin. So you know, it's a it's a velvet glove, right? That's yeah. the the idea behind it. So. So yeah, it's a lovely wine. Thank you. It is. Thank you. Thank you so much for bringing such great wines. Um, very I'll make impressive. sure that Michael gets a chance to taste some more of that Chardonnay and we'll make him come around. <laughs> oh, I, I would hope so. He really needs some Never going to happen. Chardonnay Never going to happen. He needs some Chardonnay time. <laughs> Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate Thank it. You. Andre, I, I hope, all right, or I know that uh, you needed a, a few moments after that interview <laughs> just to, you know, well, actually, get, my favorite, get my more composure. My favorite of the wines that we tasted was still that Merlot. And it's just, you know, I think there's still a bit of a, a, a blowback from Sideways that came out about Merlot and people not really liking Merlot. And it's just like, I, I just want to see that go away. This, the, the Merlot that we had on the table was outstanding. Merlot from, from the Okanagan is outstanding. I think it's time for all of us to enjoy a little bit more Merlot. 
And uh, you know yeah, I, I have I'm, no, I'm I have no problems with Merlot. Well. I think it's uh, when made well, it's a it's a great wine, and it can stand the test of of time. Maybe not as long as Cabernet Sauvignon, obviously, but it can stand the test of time. And um, just a shout out to the Merlots that we make in Ontario. Uh, I never find that our Merlots are ready right off the hop. I think they take three or four years, and then suddenly, you know, it's that ugly duckling thing. Uh, our Mer Merlots just open right up and you know on year four five six and seven they are just wonderful you know i'm glad that we got our, our local our can con into this podcast because i know it's been really california heavy and we're gonna have another one after this but don't worry ontario we still love you was that the music the producer or the lyrics <laughs> that's a little radio joke for the people who don't get it anyways uh our next interview was the one i was really excited about and i'm actually going to be stopping by this winery or i will have stopped by the winery at this point and we're talking about ridge litton springs and and you were you were so excited that your pants can't hide it that's right yeah thanks michael wait 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 to way to go the lowest common denominator there but um i mean honestly one of my favorite things about this winery that i think is is so important is they give their um their field blends the zinfandel wines at their core the same sort of respect and treatment that they give their Montebello Cabernet Sauvignon, which is obviously the, the flagship. But, I mean, this is one of those wineries where you walk in the door and the portfolio is so well put together from the um, the Three Valleys, like cheap and cheerful Zin blend right up to the, the Montebello. And if there's any place that you need to spend money in California, it's Ridge. There. Oh, you done? I am. So here's Dan. All right, I want, I want to kick this one no, off. No, I want to kick this no, off. No, no, I've got it. All right, you can kick it off, but I've, I've got to... I, I, I am unashamed to admit that this is the interview I was looking forward to most today. <laughs> I will tell you something. We are here with Dan Buckler. Buckler. Yes, I'm reading yes. his badge just so I get it right from uh, Ridge Vineyards. And Andre heard you were coming, and so did he. That's all I can say. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. He's such an a that's, yeah, it's, What is that? Too much information thing? Oh, whatever. People so, are used to you. So, so uh, go ahead, Andre. You wanted to do this. No, I guess, we'll do, I guess the, the quick backstory, and this is once again the, the shameless plug. Before we started doing the podcast, I went to California in 2014, uh, being still relatively new to wine writing, and uh, had my my girlfriend now fiance Anya with me and my friend Steve was with me who knows nothing about wine but has a great palate check out the blind gamer podcast that we recorded earlier this year on this podcast about Steve's taste in wine and the way we were received at Ridge uh, was just so welcome with open arms and I think the largest crime against your winery happening in this province is how expensive the wines become when they cross the border because when I went to your winery I had limited money in my pocket and ended up leaving with a half dozen bottles of wine because I could afford them at the winery. So if you like the label, you like the wine, you've heard anything about it, go to the winery and visit them and we're going to give you a taste of what you should be tasting. But these wines will be coming to the LCBO or are in the LCBO so make sure you get a chance to taste them. So, Thanks Thanks for the plug on that. Our, um, our tasting room staff is world class and their, their knowledge is very very high so you can uh, always count on having a good experience there absolutely both the wineries both Lytton Springs and Montebello uh, taste I should say it was at Lytton Springs yeah. in, in Sonoma and just a beautiful facility with the hay bale stacked winery which yeah, is something fantastic. worth checking out great so what have we got in our glass so uh, the first wine uh, we're tasting is the 
2015 Lytton Springs. So this is from our uh, Old Vine Vineyard in Dry Creek where we built the, the second winery, the first winery being at the Montebello site. This is 74% Zinfandel, 16% Petit Syrah, 8% Carignan, and 2% Matara. And this is largely a field blend vineyard, so there are more than 20 different grapes in the, in the uh, patches of the vineyard that are picked at average ripest and co-fermented. And people don't know what Mataro is, it's Mouvedre. Yeah, or Monastrel if you're in Spain. Or Monastrel, or it's, uh, it's got a whole bunch of names, it's one of those grapes that... Uh, just had to wears. go geeky here. You have yeah. to every so yeah, often, to. because people go Mataro, what the hell is that? That's a new well, grape variety. Do, but I mean, people know that Zinfandel is also Primitivo, so sure. it's, it's... Yeah, so you know, might as well let thing. them know that Holy everything crap. wears a different coat. Heads we're going, exploding we're going full snob here. Well, <laughs> you know, what you didn't do, you, auto, you automatically jumped into the glass. You didn't ask Dan any questions about Ridge. Tell us the story of Ridge. <laughs> you were so You were so wanting to get into oh, that man. glass that you just... Yeah, I suck. Well, so the, the, in the, in it, the elevator pitch for the elevator history of Ridge is that we were founded by uh, uh, Stanford research scientists. They purchased the Montebello property as sort of a weekend getaway for their families, and there happened to be uh, grapevines planted on the property. And they bought the property in 1959, and they, as scientists do, were curious, and they began to make some wine from these Cabernet vines. And over the next couple of years, uh, made some small amounts of wine, turned them into sort of state fairs and local contests, and the wine was really good. So they bonded the winery in 1962 under the name Ridge. And uh, we've been making wine under that label ever since. Why did they call it Ridge? Because at Montebello, we're actually on a ridge. We're on the ridge line across kind of uh, separating the east to west side of the Santa Cruz Mountains range. It's not the coast range, so it's one more range inland from the, the Pacific. So we're about 25 kilometers from the Pacific and about 12 kilometers from South San Francisco Bay. Which is a, which is a great name. Let's be honest. It's very simple. It's easy. People go, hey, have yeah. you been to Ridge? But when I'm looking for it in like Cellar Tracker or something, there's so many <laughs> blank ridges that they just pop well, right up and look. Oh, God. Technically, the name of the winery is Ridge Vineyards. Oh, okay. So you can search Ridge Vineyards, and that's and it'll the way. Pop to... right up a little better. Okay. That being uh, said, though, not looking in Cellar Tracker, I love these labels. I know we've talked a bit about a couple of labels that have hit the table, but the timelessness of these labels is one of my favorite things. It's just beautiful, simple, elegant. The, the label basically hasn't changed since 1962. It's the same Optima <laughs> font. Um, that's and that's my favorite thing is, is whoever handles your Twitter account completely missed a, a joke a little while ago when I, I said that these labels have virtually not changed. I said no, the labels have changed. It's like it's, like, it's not like you guys have switched to Comic Sans for like those few <laughs> dark years in the '90s. That Optima font yeah. is like it's it's exactly what I think about. When I, I would say about. that we've we've evolved a bit, but it's you know they're you know it's like saying you know we're the same as our cavemen cousins. We're still homo sapiens. <laughs> this is still a ridge label. It hasn't changed that much. So, yeah. Michael, you're, you're a zin fiend. Yes. I, Tell me what you think of this wine. Well, I, I'm going to pour more because I really, I just, I sucked back the first one. Would you like a little more? No, I'm good. I want to wait for the next one. So I wanted to uh, get, because I, I did see how much Be sure your there. notes are consistent. Exactly. Yeah, so that's the most. I, I do love this because I, I mentioned to you, I have a Litton Springs in the cellar in 07 yep. or and so I've been sitting on it for I don't know how obviously since '09, thereabouts uh, when I when I would have bought it, uh, and I bought it in Florida of all places uh, at a little wine shop that was selling it for I think eighteen dollars. They had a bridge sale or something, and I bought it for eighteen bucks, and uh, that was the reason I went to that wine store because I was visiting my in-laws there. And, and somebody said, hey, have you checked out this one? I can't remember what the name of the place is. Sure. And they, and they said, and it said, uh, I said, sure, I'll take a look. And I looked at it and they said, we are now selling Lytton Springs for the next month for 
18 bucks, and I went, we're going there <laughs> just to get it. So this is going to cost about 55, 60 bucks? I think it's around 60, 63, 64. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I'm sorry I don't have the exact No, price. no, no, that's, that's fine. I, I mean, here's the thing is that even at 64 bucks, this is definitely worth the money. Great spice plum, yeah. some mocha notes to it. There's some anise in there as well. It's just, it's one of those wines that I, I, you just opened this. Just minutes ago. Yes. Yeah. So it, it the hasn't been sitting up. crazy soft, especially for Zin. Like it is, it is silky smooth right to go. And I, I mean, it's not really fair to say that this is Zin because it's only 74 Zin. And um, I mean, if there's one thing to say about the Ridge uh, Field Blends is that uh, your winemaking team, they're the masters of assemblage. Like they work really well with the other, uh, I guess, sort of Californian Italian varietals well, that are sneaking their way into the bottle. That's right. What well, helps that the vineyards are mostly planted to field blends, so they're yeah. picked. Uh, they're already planted with these varietals in a mixture, so they're picked and then co-fermented. Yeah. So you get this this extra level of sort of alchemy that goes on when you have these different grapes fermenting together versus blending them separately. Yeah. So the winemakers are obviously uh, fantastic, but it helps that they're planting the vineyard the right thing in the, the first place. These are also wines that I, you know, this is this is a night's worth. If you know what I mean, you sit there and you, you you pour yourself a glass, and you spend an hour on the first glass. You spend an hour on the second glass, and if you can get to the third hour with still some wine in the bottle, you you you'll taste it in the third hour, and it'll it'll evolve to such a degree that you'll be this is not the, this is not the wine that I started with three hours ago. That's and, right. And it definitely evolves. And if you're patient, it will reward you to, uh, keeping it in your cellar for. As you told me, I, I said I had an 07 and an 09, one uh, Litton Springs, one uh, Montebello. And you said just hold, hold, drink one, which is the Litton Springs. Yep. And uh, hold the Montebello. So. Yeah, it's uh, not that you can't keep the 07 Litton Springs, but for my personal, I've tasted it recently and it's fantastic right now, and there's no no use waiting. So, drink Andre, it. it's time for you to come over to the house and uh, maybe we'll. Or maybe know. I bring you to my house and it might be time to bust out the smoker for the brisket. Oh, some. Oh, gosh. <laughs> now, we're, now we're just talking dirty to yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> I can do some ribs, you can do some brisket. So, tell us about what you just poured for us right now. So, the next wine is the 2016 Geyserville. This wine was just released. Uh, in, in contrast to Linden Springs, the, the blend is 73% Zinfandel, 17% Carignan, 7% Petit Syrah, and 3% Alicante Boucher. He knows that by memory. I want everybody to know that. So uh, <laughs> the, uh, there's more Carignan at Geyserville and more Petit Syrah at Linden Springs. So uh, the, the, you get a little bit different flavor profile in this wine with mm -hmm. the Carignan. It drives up the kind of floral element, a lot of purple flowers. There's Let's nice just say if Litton, if Litton Springs was elegant, this is like the bratty younger sibling. It's like, it's in your face. The tannin's a little bit more grippy. Like I've got this like, this grape jelly note. Like it's really cooked kind of fruit, but it's still kept in restraint with nice acid to it. Like it's, it's it's just got a lot going on. It's a really well. I find really interesting is they have some Alicante Boucher, which is a, a Portuguese grape, and that's well. It's it, 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 originally odd, originally odd from grape. Spain. It's um it was it was crossed in Spain in the, like the 1840s, and it's a grape that was crossed between if we're gonna get really geeky, uh, uh, Petit Boucher, and uh, Grenache. So um, that's kind of where the where the, the cross came from. So originally crossed in France, but popularly planted in Portugal. Portugal, yeah. as you point out. And uh, this is the 51st vintage of Geyserville. We've made this year every single year since 1966. And Linden Springs, we've also made since 72. So we've got a nice long history with these vineyards too. Oh, it's, it's, and they're I'm, only I'm about almost, two kilometers apart. They're, 
Geyserville is on the western edge of Alexander Valley. Lydon Springs is on the eastern edge of Drag Creek Valley. Another wine, another wine that I could sit through the evening. You know, it's, it's, I'm really glad that you brought the, the field blends because, I mean, we could have sit here and just gone on and on about the Montebello or the Cab Sauv, but really, this is a, if you want to spend 60 bucks on a bottle of really great Californian wine, the uh, Ridge Vineyards uh, field blends are a great way to spend the money. A yeah, great way to spend you know, the evening. Sometimes it's nice to be able to, to know that you can get the very, you know, among the best in the, in the category. You know, it, it may cost you hundreds of dollars to get the best Cabernet. It may yep. cost you hundreds to get the best Chardonnay. But you can get the best Zinfandel or Field Blend Zinfandels like we have for under 70 bucks. That's a great value. That's, a good, way to, that's right? a good way to end this. Well, I am 14.5% alcohol. So. Oh, restraint. Restraint, restraint from restraint. California. And it's honest. We're not cheating on that. That's, that's, the, real, that's the real measure. It's a great thing when you have scientists who find a wine found a winery. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to lie to you. Dan, thank you so much for giving us the time. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank Thanks, you, Andre. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thank your time. I'm sorry. I just I couldn't contain my excitement. Yourself, your excitement, anything else? Uh, my goodness, the man had to wipe spittle off his lapel. You were so excited, but and how, he didn't even have a lapel. How great! How great were those? Uh, were those Zin blends though? Yeah, they and they so do different. they do impress me with those again. You know my love for Zinfandel, but uh, Ridge seems to just do those funny little 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 blends, those field blends mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, when I was in Portugal, I loved those those field blends, and yet again, you know, any kind of field blend where you where you, you know, just grab everything that's out of uh, out of the vineyard, and put it in the bottle, and let's see what happens is so cool. Yep. Well, and it's it's like they were they were almost planted to be done together, well, which I think at that, some that point they, they probably were. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, the, the first time I went to Ridge, the the whole philosophy I was told was that having the um, the other varieties planted in the vineyards were to help compensate depending on vintage conditions. It's about creating a consistent product, right? Well, it's what they've been doing in Bordeaux for years. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, so, yeah, is that how we're gonna end that? If you would like to leave a review, please do so. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and uh, angry phone calls to Michael Pincus. Of course, I, I just I, I'm I'm looking for the day that you will take the angry phone calls. I'll take an angry phone call, but I'm just too nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is Andre Pru of AndreWineReview.ca. That's Michael Pincus from MichaelPincusWineReview.com. And as always, good night, Andre. Welcome back. And good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.